0: Hello, everyone. I'm Reverend Carla. Welcome to Spirituality Matters. Now, let's settle in and find that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are. And let us be reminded that the Holy transcends our physical bodies and our time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, let's get started. The Today's podcast is entitled Your Journey Starts Here. Your Spiritual Journey Starts Here. And I'd like to start this by saying, hello, you beautiful souls. It has been a minute. I took a break. I needed it. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and what that has to do with your spiritual journey. And I also want to say I've missed you. I enjoy doing these podcasts. Um, it's not often that you know I don't have a pulpit. So this is as close to a pulpit that I get where I get to speak. To you, So um, I'm honored that you're still here and my break is over now. So we will be recording a podcast on a regular basis. I'm not sure right now it will be weekly, just because we have a lot of things going on, but you will be hearing from me uh, quite often and uh, also be announcing some things that will be coming up soon that kind of manifested during this break but I'll be the first to admit that I did need a break. I didn't know how much I needed a break until I was in the middle of it. So in the blog that accompanies this podcast, I share a little bit about my story, but to actually write out everything that was happening at the time, it would sound more like a country music song and it would, or it would read like a fiction novel. So I'm not sharing a lot of details, but I think as time goes on, I will. Um, cause I tell stories, I, I, I tell stories that I hope that you can relate to that can also help inspire you. And so those things will be uh, coming up, I'm sure in future blogs and things like that. But as they say, at the end of the day, there are really are, a lot more people with far more problems than I have and the challenges that I faced. And thankfully, I had the time and the resources to be able to tackle every challenge to face every setback. And I had the support to be able to step back from my everyday responsibilities to just take care of my life. And so many people do not have that opportunity, they must find ways to just plow through and somehow stay on top of the demands of their life. And I fully recognize that I am expressing gratitude because I have, I'm have. i coming from a place of privilege that others are denied. I was able to support myself as I paused for breath, and I just was focusing on the home fires and my own personal well-being. But I want to acknowledge that it was still hard for me to do that, and I'm finding my way back to you, and I'm so honored to do so. Now, during this time when I wasn't creating as much content, I would check in on social media, see what was going on there and check in on my uh, messages and personal messages and things like that. But what I noticed was I am not the only one who was needing to take a, a break. A lot of my mutual creators were feeling the same as I did. And it might not be the same kind of personal challenges that said that they needed to take a step back, but they were just feeling it. Maybe it was just the summertime or you know whatever was going on, but also this uh, what's going on in our, in our nation right now. I think that's causing a lot of stress. A lot of us are carrying a lot of worry and anxiety about what's going to happen. So it's causing some perfect collisions of things like, I'm, I feel this personal obligation to be here and be in these spaces with you, but I can only give from a place that is genuine and authentic and the only way that can come up is if I'm taking care of myself and that seemed to be a theme that I was seeing from people over and over again but what I noticed was as I started to think about coming back was I wasn't ready. I was not ready to be in a space where I was constantly feeling the responsibility to produce at the level of content that I was creating and the level of engagement that I was in because something else felt like it was trying to arise. And I, I, the problem was I just didn't know what it was, but I've been doing this long enough to know, to sit with this just a little while longer. But I mean, I'm, so it created this paradox where I was feeling the pressure to come back and to return to my schedule, but also needing to take a step back and stay there to figure out what was trying to rise. So this, this collision of inner knowing and waiting a bit longer just kept coming back and forth. Well, one day um, I was sitting in my favorite place on the on, on our screened-in porch. My husband comes out, and I'm trying to explain this to him. And he said, "You know," he said, "I think you just need to trust this journey. Just trust whatever is happening right now. Just trust it. When are you just going to just take the time, continue to just pause here and just trust?" And then I realized I hadn't. I had not trusted myself to know. The very thing that I tell people to do all the time, which is just pause and pay attention to what it is I needed or what it is that needed uh, me to be calm enough to hear where I was going or where we were going with Numa Soul. That space, I often say, is where our soul meets divine wisdom or the holy, And the only way we can find that space is if we are quiet enough and patient enough and trusting enough to listen for it. But with the intensity of the schedule and the urgency of what's happening, I found myself with a death grip on the steering wheel of controlling my life. Everything had to be planned out. Every minute had to be scheduled. Everything I was going to do. So because I'm was, i so concerned about where things were going that I hadn't put myself as a priority to take care of myself. And was I taking the time to listen to make sure that my inner compass was pointing us to where we were going? And I think it all kind of collided beautifully and and almost spectacularly where I said, I got to take a step back. And not recognizing the fact that I wasn't actually doing what I tell people to do all the time, who ask me about what it means to listen to that, that inner wisdom. And that inner wisdom doesn't come up from a place of ego. It comes from a place of sacredness. It comes from a place of presence, something that I can't completely explain, but I know when I'm in it and you do too. And you know, when you're not, and I needed time to find mine again. And you would think I would know how to do this. I do, but you would also think that I would know when I'm getting a little wobbly in it, but I'd miss those cues because I have been so intensely working on the crisis that we, that faces us. And I'm not going to minimize how serious this is. And in future uh, podcasts and things that are coming up, we'll be talking more about this because uh, I don't want any of us to get so complacent that we think, oh, good, I'm going to vote in November and then it's all going to be okay. We're all going to just have this massive swell of voting and we're going to be okay. We're not, we're not. It's going to take years to fix what's going on with our Supreme Court. It's going to take years to fix what's wrong with our entire political system and not just throw talking points at it that we know that uh, the lobbying system that really keeps politicians working for the good of the whole is broken. And dare I say corrupt. So politicians will go so far, but not all the way to protect the interests of the people that put them in office. Now I know that there are, you know Katie Porter and I think six others who will not take lobbyist money. Um, and I'll cite that in the show notes because that just kind of came up for me. But we don't need any politicians to be taking this money if we're do if we're working for the good of the people. So that's just a side note, but I'm just I'm just going to continue to be very honest with you about how serious this is. And we will be talking more about that. But back back to me. Today is about me, but I also think it will inspire you because as I sat there listening to my husband's words floating in the air that i just needed to trust i realized that i had not trusted myself that i wondered if i had if i was really making an impact in people's lives i wondered if i was just not entertaining Folks, with my Karen wigs and things like that, and not that entertaining isn't necessarily bad, because you can get really important messages around uh, using entertainment. And I think there's times when I do that, especially with those those wigs. Everybody loves my wigs, but there's also a very important message in in some of the things that I talk about. And I was at the point where I was starting to question myself, my ministry, my team, and my colleague. Calling and that's came at a critical time where things inside the ministry are actually going in a really good way. Things are coming together so that we can launch some workshops and our teaching series and some plans that we have for the future. Now, all of a sudden, I'm feeling spiritually wobbly and lacking confidence. So, where is all this coming from? Well, of course, it's going to happen just about the time that you really have to believe in yourself. And what I had not done was use the very tools that got me to where I am today. I had set those aside and I took over, ego took over thinking that I needed, I knew what needed to happen instead of pausing to say, okay, where are we? And how, what part of me needs continual work and what part of me is ready And fully present and fully enthusiastic for the things that are getting ready to happen. Instead, I was just trying to dive through and it was time for me to pause and take time for intense spiritual reflection. So that's what happened. And what came for me too, as I was going through some of this reflection was a a quote from uh, Eckhart Tolle that says, whenever you become anxious or stressed, your outer purpose has taken over and you lost sight of your inner purpose. You have forgotten that your state of consciousness is primary. All else is secondary. Ooh, Whenever you become anxious or stressed, your outer purpose has taken over and you have lost sight of your inner purpose. And that says it all for me, friends. And because of the stress and the worry about our future, have you forgotten your primary purpose? Have you forgotten that if we continue to work for the whole and are committed to elevating the human condition, that you very much are not only needed, but you are powerful and strong and can be a part of what we need to do to really change the world. We cannot do it alone. We must do it together in community. And not one, not just one of us is going to solve this problem. It's going to be all of us coming together to work together for the good of the whole by creating this sacred community that can work together. But when we're stressed and when we worry and when we let anxiety try to drive us and we've we've got that death grip on the steering wheel of our life and where we're going, then we tend to miss those subtleties that tell us here's my lane. And here are the people who are coming along with me that I don't have to worry about it all, that it will arise just as it should. And what has happened since I've been doing this Uh, spiritual reflection and resetting and regrounding myself is that that's exactly what's happened. As we look at what needs to happen to help uh, create community and help create the resources for those who are going to be most impacted by the annihilation of human rights that continue to happen in this country, that's exactly what's happened. I don't need to have expert in constitutional law when someone offers to come along and help guide us. I don't need to know how to help people structure community when all of a sudden something someone shows up who has exactly done that to create safe and sacred communities for the historically oppressed and marginalized and how we can how we can bring those things together and amplify their voices. It's all just coming together beautifully when I let go of the steering wheel and saw that I, my, what my piece was, what Numa's piece what was going to be, and how others are coming along to be a part of that. It's, a, it's, it's, an, it's humbling, but it's also so much bigger than anything I could have created with just my hands on the steering wheel, thinking that only I could solve this. The outer purpose had taken over, and I had forgotten to pause and listen and breathe that even in the most intense sense of urgency no answers can be more sacred or more profound than what will be found when you pause for breath and you pause to listen and that's exactly what i did now it's also to say that this has been a very emotional time for me and that and i also needed to for my physical health where i needed to rest, but I was dealing with some incredible emotional challenges, including the fact that my mother-in-law was dying. And when she entered that active dying phase, we wanted to be present. And I was honored to be part of the family members who were walking her gently and lovingly home. And when you see someone in a natural progression of death and you see that that suffering will be relieved when they finally do finally die, I was ready for that relief. That relief was very much palpable. What I wasn't prepared for was how much grief arrived, how much all of a sudden this profound sense of loss for someone in her nineties, but who had touched me so deeply in so many ways, for so many years, who immediately I was a daughter-in-law and my, my children became instant grandchildren. And never once was she not un, just un, lovingly towards me and, and loyal to me as her daughter-in-law. And that, how much I miss those moments of just conversation with her and someone who touched me greatly. I, I, I was not prepared for that. So having that space to be able to grieve her has been very, very much something I needed and so grateful that I had the space during this time and something that's still very open. Uh, It arrived again yesterday morning as I was starting to plan for the next couple of weeks where I would have put in my schedule the two or three days a week when I would have been in her presence and then realizing it's no longer part of my calendar. And this profound sense of sadness that came over me again is this gap that was not only in my calendar, but was in my life, showed up again for this person who impacted me so much. Now, soon in an Instagram story, series of stories, I will share something I wrote about her a couple of years ago when we had to move her from her little, little home into assisted living. And I think um, for those of you who are navigating grief and loss, especially those of you who have lost parents, this might be something that will touch you deeply. But I'll come back to that. I'm sure I'll be telling stories about her over over time. But for those of you who have been raised evangelical, this phrase might be something that means something to you. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. Besides that being a Carrie Underwood song, I'm going to tell you that there was a time in my life that when you had called my phone, you would have heard Carrie Underwood singing that song to you. That's how much I was immersed into indoctrinated into evangelical Christianity and I was proud of it. And I'm not necessarily ashamed of that now because I did believe that, that necessarily at that time, that was my belief that all I had to do was, was trust Jesus. And in a way that if I, if I believe in that, in the divinity of Jesus, which I believe and what Jesus said, that which is in me is also in you then pausing for that sacred inner wisdom as Jesus taught us when he would go out into the wilderness to pray, then that's exactly what we're doing. We're connecting to the holy when we pause and breathe and listen. So whether you call it Jesus taking the will or letting divine, intervention or wisdom or the sacredness of this universal mystery that we call the holy, invite that into our lives. That's what we're doing. And I hadn't realized at the time how important that was for me until I heard my husband say to me, just trust. Carla, you just need to trust because I had forgotten that that's what I needed to do. But let me tell you this, if you've listened to this entire podcast and you think I'm going to be able to tell you where I'm going from here or what I'm going to tell you to do, I'm going to tell you that, thank God, I do not have those answers. When I deconstructed from my evangelical Christianity, I let go of knowing what comes next or the need to have the sacredness or spirituality in such a defined black and white line items for sure. And a so, matter of fact, I often tell people, I would run away as far as I can from people who tell you it's absolutely this way, or it's no way. I don't believe that for a second. And anybody who tells you that is really reflecting back to you how ignorant they are in the realm of spirituality. Because if you can't look back through history to see that we are humans evolving, not only in our physical realm and in our intelligence, but in our spirituality, we become more aware of how we're interconnected with each other, with the earth, with the other beings, with the planetary, as we've, I think, recently just figured out there are trillions of galaxies out out there. And yet we think that... Some people really want to assert that we've got it all figured out here. We don't. And I find that exhilarating when people come up and say, I just don't want to believe. I'm like, yes, because I don't either. Because it's not about trying to figure out what you believe. It's about just walking in this life. If we just made spirituality this simple, your one job is to elevate the human condition. Your spirituality is so interconnected to, to humanity as it is now that if we stop, stop hyper focusing on what's happening after we draw our last last breath on this earthly plane, how much better life would be? Because I guarantee you, no matter how much we think or assume what happens after death, we are so wrong. It's going to be so much better and more glorious because I do believe that we return to that from which we came, but I'm not completely certain what that is, but I do know this, that it, that we are here for a time such as this, in this little, little, little tiny second, when it's all relative to the expansiveness of how long the earth has been here, this tiny millisecond that you and I are here. We have this opportunity to elevate the human condition. And if we can continue to intersect our spirituality with that, oh, dear ones, not only will it change your life and your perspective about who you invite into your personal circle of influence and how you look out to create community, it can truly impact other people's lives and make them better for them. And once you do that, then you realize that human rights. is not pie. It's not like if you slice it up, someone's going to run out. It's not even something that you own. No one does. Any teaching that mandates that you are the keeper is not. I'm going to be bold to say this is not of God. Our spirituality is interconnecting us to where the world is crying. That's where we're needed. Those are the intersections of where we belong. But focusing on what's going to happen over there distracts us from this pain here. And oftentimes, those kinds of cult-like teachings are intentionally taught that way. Because if we can put blinders on to what's happening out here, we can control you. If you're hyper-focused on, oh, I just don't need to get to heaven. And I'm not worried about what's happening here. Then you're not paying attention to how your life is impacting someone else. And the last question I'm going to leave you with on this, or last statement I should say, is this. Right now I'm recording this while we are in the middle of family gathering in this in uh, at the at the beach, and it's been wonderful. And we've been coming here for years, except this time I'm noticing something that I, my heart just my heart just sings. I'm seeing same-sex same, same, same sex couples who aren't afraid to be seen for who they are, holding hands, showing up. I'm seeing Black families and, and families of color here, here in the Deep South, celebrating who they are, not afraid to be impeded for a time where oh, the whole thing was just white and finding opportunities to make them not only know that that is their right, but they are welcome here. But in order to do that, there's been a, a time here where I look up at one of the Towers, and there are very divisive, racist flags flying that the residents at that time were refusing to remove after I reported them. My spirituality intersects with my humanity, and it is my responsibility to report those flags to make a safe and sacred community for all who are showing up here. That's a spiritual moment. You can call it advocacy. You can call it being an ally, but it is my spirituality. If there's any judgment that's going to be made at the end of this life, that's going to be what I'm judged on. That's what's going to show how I elevate, how I choose to elevate the human condition. And I'm not saying this to be, I'm not saying this to be a hero. I'm not asking for anybody to pat me on the back. That's the least I could do without, drawing attention to myself that's the least that's the that's the, what, like the lowest common denominator it's easy for me to put a yard sign out that says i'm an ally or fly a, a black lives matter flag for, but for me to look up in that balcony and say nope that little girl of color who's enjoying splashing around in the pool does not need to look up and see that flag and i'm going to make sure it gets taken down i'm sharing that with you now so that you understand that you're going to be asked to do things as an ally, as an advocate, as someone who takes the hands off the steering wheel and allows something else to show up. Then if it is we who say, I want my spirituality to intersect with humanity and show me the places where I can be of service. And those things are going to arise for you. And we can help you with that. We can help empower you. We can help educate you. We can help deconstruct the beliefs that make, make you fear if you disobey something from your from your biblical teachings. And that's what's arising for us once I took my hands off the steering wheel. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be taking time to readjust some of the things that we're going to be offering you in the form of advocacy and community Because I did take my hands off and say, Jesus, take the will or whatever words you want to say for me, it is the holy guide me, the holy fill my soul, heal my heart. So the best version of me can turn back to the world and serve gratefully and also making time for me to have time to reset and restore when I need to do that. That is where the holy is found. I'm so honored to be back in this space with you. I've missed you and blessed be. Okay, beloveds, I'm honored to be in this space with you. And I pray that you receive something. I know I did because the teacher teaches what she needs to hear. And now beloveds go in peace and be at peace, go in love. And may you be loved, go and know that others are on this journey with you. And you are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are blessings on your week. And I shall see you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe to Spirituality Matters wherever you listen to podcasts. You can watch the uncut version of today's episode on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to Rev Carla's channel for more videos. Submit questions for upcoming Q&A videos or topics of discussion to Spirituality Matters at RevCarla.com. As always, follow at Rev on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest for more spirituality teachings. Bye for now.